it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Jacob. This is John. Aren't you going to say hello, John? What? I told you he wouldn't. Who... What are you talking about? You can't see him? See who? Jacob. He's sitting right here. In this chair. Yes, I know, but he insisted. What is this? You wanted the secrets of the island? Well, here they are. This is the man who can answer every single... I am not. He made me bring him here. Did you think that that was my... Sorry, may I finish? You're crazy. Excuse me? You don't know anything about the island, do you? You just made it all up. Jacob, please, I can't hear him Stop. if you're going to talk Stop over it. what he said. Shut up! Welcome yet again to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue on with our journey into the third season of the series. I am your co-host, Ben. <laughs> took you forever. Yes, I know. <laughs> and I am Kristen. <laughs> Jerk. Oh, this week... <laughs> This week, we dive deeper into season three, this time with episode 20, The Man Behind the Curtain, The Wizard of Oz, The Flying Monkey himself, Ben Linus. I was waiting to see how just how deep you were going to go with that. You want me to get to like, you know, the the robot monkeys from Return to Oz? No. I, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen Return to Oz. Don't. Okay, good. Isn't that, what, isn't that the one with, like, Feruza Balk? Here you go. Ease on down, ease on down the road. There you go. That's, that's all I need, whiz. though? That's, yeah. So that's not even Return to Oz. Oh, wait. That's the whiz. Yeah. No. Return to Oz, that's really bad. That is with Feruza Balk. yeah. That one, oh, gosh, it's so 80s. <laughs> it's, like, the most 80s that 80s can be, and it, not in a good way. Okay. Uh, all right. I don't know how to take it, but I'll take it just like that. If that makes you know any sense at all. I, we're you know already you know off. Go see it. Go see it. <laughs> we are already off to a great start. No, no. I think it's still relevant. The title of the episode is, is a direct, uh, um, you know. Oh, no, it is. It's a, it's a direct, it's a direct <laughs> reference. What's the word? Reference. 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 It's <laughs> it's a direct reference to the Wizard of Oz. I mean, mm -hmm. and to a character who went one point when we first met him went by Henry Gale, a character from the Wizard of Oz. So no, it totally makes sense. I just meant the the whole return to Oz being as eighties as eighties can be. I, I don't know how to take that. So take it as you need to, man. Uh, I want to say too. Uh, I got a message from one of our listeners, Jason, um, who's been IMing me quite a bit. When as he listens, he he sends me like little notes, and I love it. I think I think it's great. But 
even at one point he said uh in one of his messages he said he loves it when you and i kind of go off the rails a little bit and just start talking random stuff oh well that's good because that happens a lot (laughs) (laughs) like i'm like and when i first read the message i'm like i can't tell if there's sarcasm in this or if he's being legit serious that he enjoys it and no he he legit enjoys it so uh to everybody out there listening who doesn't i apologize because it (laughs) It, it still happens, and it, it just – look, we roll with it, and that's all I can say. Yeah. It, you know what? It's fun. I, this, is, this is like my favorite part of the week all the time, so whatever. I, th- I think it's pretty safe to say at this point, too, considering the last three episodes we've done have released on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think that most likely is going to be the new day okay. for the podcast because, I mean – it's it's tough we try to aim for wednesdays or thursdays it doesn't always work because it's midweek there's a lot of stuff going on by friday it gives us a nice safety net that if we haven't recorded by wednesday or thursday we have friday mornings or afternoons to do it so i think going forward it's it's a safe bet expect podcasts to hit the web by friday night saturday morning so it, I thought it was Thursday. <laughs> you thought it was Thursday today? All right, let me check my calendar. It is. No, oh, it's no. Friday. It's, it's, def- Friday. it's definitely Friday because it's the 26th and it is the day Pennsylvania, the, the remainder of Pennsylvania goes green. Uh, don't know how long that's going to last because yeah, we see how well that's going in other states that have been green for a while. Um, but I don't want to get into politics this episode north carolina is in trouble <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's god what this i you know I, i'm not gonna get dive too deep into it but all i'm gonna say is this country is in a shitty state right now um yeah okay and and a lot of it is ignorance of people um just wear your fucking masks that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm Im- Look, I'm immunocompromised. I don't need the risk. You don't need the risk with the family. Uh, if, a shirt, if, if a store tells you you can't walk in without a shirt and shoes to have service, God forbid they add a fucking mask to that list. Just put the mask on, do what you're fucking asked to do, and move on. That's it. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. That's your PSA. No, cue the cue the rainbow. The more you know. <laughs> I wish I wish I had that sound effect ready. That would have been perfect. <laughs> Jordy's gonna come out with his reading rainbow. You know, it'll be fine. <laughs> well, do you remember? Because no, because the old GI Joe cartoons back in the eighties used to do them too. They used to air the episode, and then at the end they'd do a little vignette where one of like where Joe or one of the soldiers was talking to kids about something. Can you imagine like an animated GI Joe kids? Just wear your fucking mask. <laughs> On a very going. special episode of we have to go back. Yeah. <laughs> or going back to what you said last week, a very special episode of golden girls. Every episode. Man. Blan- Blanche like- gets COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, it's not right, but Jesus. <laughs> Oh, Blanche is the worst. Okay. Yeah. So let's go. Yeah. Let's let's talk about this episode because there is a lot. Well, I don't know if there's a lot to talk about in this episode, but there's a lot that happens in this episode. Uh, this is a Ben Linus flashback, and our question was answered right in the beginning that we were wondering about last night because I said, or not, not, not last night, last episode, because remember, I had said, I don't believe Ben was born on the island 
it's the first thing we see this episode in Ben's flashback. He was born right outside of Portland off the island. Yes, you're right. And he actually doesn't even get to the island until years later. But you could make an argument that he was reborn on the island. Yes, that that is in fact accurate because he does become a completely different person. Well, um, and he's the only survivor of the purge. Well, that has a lot to do with the fact that he was probably one of the people behind the purge. Right. You so but that was like his survive. rebirth, you know? That's true. Yeah. That 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 was my only point. Well, because he kind of recreates the Dharma initiative. I don't think it's, I don't. Does he recreate the Dharma initiative or does he just kind of pretend that he's the Dharma initiative after killing all of them? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, like he wears their skin suits. Well, but I think, but I also think it's a little bit of both. I mean, if you consider the fact that he wipes out the Dharma initiative and then over the course of years after that, he brings in new blood. Like he brings in Tom Friendly, he brings in Juliet, and this is all under the ruse of the Dharma initiative. Yeah, and his singular focus seems to be why pregnant women are dying. Yeah. And there was a question that I saw online that was, is the way that Ben's mother, um, the way that she died, is that like the direct influence on his life's purpose on the island? See, I took that as a different way. Could that be his drive or... Could that also be the punishment for Ben doing what he did given to him by the island? Is that mm. everybody, every woman who is then a part of the Dharma initiative, because I don't remember, I don't think they touch on the fact that did that happen to women on the island before Ben created the purge? I don't that, know. I mean, wh- wh- were they even? Was the Dharma Initiative even there long enough to like have babies? Who was born on the island? Uh, Alex was born on the island, but Rousseau arrived at that island pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, Claire gave birth on the island, but she arrived pregnant. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. But I mean, could could. Could this, in fact, be a punishment that the island gave to Ben in that everybody who now joins his side after the purge because of the purge, any woman that's with him is, is not, has to suffer the same fate his mother did? That would be a really great question to ask if, like, in a panel or, or like, you know, on a Twitter feed or something because that, that's a question that I feel could be answered by a showrunner today. Um, you know, that wasn't really posed during the, during the time of, of, of the show. Cause that, that's, that's a really good question. That's a really good point. Cause it's, it's, it, you're, cause it's not ever brought up and I don't even, I don't even think it was ever really shown, or at least we haven't seen it yet as to whether or not this was an issue with the Dharma initiative before Ben purged the dharma initiative um that purge man it's it's like it's so cold it's so cold-hearted it's so ben linus you know 
I mean, even the way he killed his father, he stayed in that van and waited for him to die. I mean, holy cow. I, so I, I do have a thought on that. And all I have to say is that, you know, all we knew about Roger Workman before this point was that he was a skeleton in a van. We, we now get the realization that Roger was actually Ben's father. That's how he ended up in the van. Um, Roger was a dick. Yeah, he was the worst. But he looked like he was honestly trying to, like, I don't know, come to terms with something. It looked like they're, I, I don't know. I mean, we didn't get to see any more of their relationship. And Ben was already angry. And he already had, like, a plan in place. And he was already, you know, working with Richard. So, I mean, who knows how much of it could have been repaired if Ben hadn't crossed the sonar fence Yeah, when he did, right? I mean, who knows? Um I thought that it was really interesting, though, that it that we don't just have a Ben Linus backstory. We have the van backstory and the van kind of became a minor character in this show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you see the van and you hear that, oh, the Shambhala song. Yeah. yeah, you hear the song and you're like, here we go. That's that's the van. We all know that's the van. We see all and, the beer. We see, you know, and it's kind of a foreshadowing that this is the end of Roger because when that van starts back up, when Hurley and Charlie get that Same van started, it's the song that's playing. So mm-hmm. you know when that van shuts off and that song was what was playing, that's the last that van is running until yeah. Hurley and Charlie get it started. You know, I just, I love that attention to detail too. Yeah. I really do love it. Um, so did you... Notice that both of Ben's parents died on Ben's birthday. Oh, no, I never even really I never picked up on it. Both. Both deaths are directly related to Ben. Well, because his mother died during childbirth the day he was born and then Ben kills his father (laughs) on his birthday. Right, right. Um, and then wasn't there, there was another moment during the episode too where Alex comes in and wishes him a happy birthday. Yep. And so everything that happens that we, every, ev- actually everything that we have seen on the, over the course of this entire episode is on All of Ben's it was birthday. on his birthday. Yes. Even in the flashbacks. In, in the flashbacks and in the present day, every, this entire episode happens on Ben's birthday. That is something else. I never even picked up on that until right this very moment when you said that. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. that's actually true. I wonder what happened to that girl. Did I mean I? You know, I had that same curiosity when watching too. Was what happened? I kept to looking Annie. for her in the dead bodies because it, you never. Now I don't know because we do get more of this form the pre-purged Dharma initiative in a further season of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, because we do see young Ben more. We do see Roger more. Um, and that happens. You mean Ben be- and Saeed? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> young Ben and Saeed. Yeah. Young Ben and modern Saeed. Right, right, right. When spoilers again, um, you know, when the time travel, when the time <laughs> jumps. Peralta spoilies. <laughs> when- no spoilies. When the time jumps start happening, we we see a lot more of the pre-purge Dharma initiative. So it's um, it, I don't know if they ever 
bring Annie back into it. Um, but that was the thought I had this episode too, is what happens to her? Mm-hmm. Because if this was the first friend he made and he seemed to have at least like feelings like friendly feelings for her Mm -hmm. because of that connection that he had, would he let this, this purge affect her? Well, and that, that's such a good point that you're making because he was visibly upset at looking at Horace. Yeah. And so, and he closed Horace's eyes and he had to walk away. Um, And, I can't imagine that he would go through with this if Annie was still on the island. And when and on that birthday when she gave him the dolls, I'm wondering if she was leaving the island cuz she said this way we'll always be together even if we're far away or something like that. Like he was leaving. Like she was leaving and maybe he just maybe that's why he left. That's why he couldn't handle it anymore because now he's going to be alone on that island stuck with his dad. Um, so he packed his bags to leave. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know either. Um, you know, and in, in talking about questions that I was curious about as well, we, we see, um, obviously Ben's mother played by, I had the name earlier, Carrie Preston, um, who in real life is actually Michael Emerson's wife. Um, that that scene where he's standing outside of the pylons and he sees his mother. Have we had any indication before that that he even knew what his mother looked like? Yeah, she had a picture. He okay. had a picture of her okay. in I his bedroom. I wasn't sure if I missed that or not, and obviously I did. So when he was in, he was petting the rabbit in his room, right? And he first saw her at the window. Mm-hmm. Um, after his mom, or after his dad after Roger Workman uh, came into his room. I love that we just keep calling it Roger Workman. And said, go back to bed or something like that and slam the door. He went and he picked up the picture and the picture was in his hands. Okay. I must've looked away for that moment and I missed the, the picture, Brian. Yeah. So, so he knew. Um, yeah. So l- going back to the purge, um, cause I love talking about Richard Alpert so much that my heart <laughs> may explode. Do you think, I have this written down in my notes, do you think that Richard took off his gas mask first because he can't die? Do you know, okay, so I had a a very interesting thought about that as well because there's two dynamics that happen in this part. There's Richard removing his mask slowly and starting to breathe. And then in the next scene, we have Ben who practically rips his off. Like, it's very quick taking it off. Like, there's no slow movement at all. He takes it off. I don't know yet at this point that Ben realizes the kind of person that Richard is, meaning, Mm -hmm. like, he's practically immortal at this point. I don't know if he knows that about Richard. Let's just say he is immortal. (laughs) He he is. I don't know if he knows that about Richard. He's from Rivendale. Um, so there's a part of me that actually thinks, and this kind of even jumps forward to the series finale in that moment outside of the church with Ben, where Ben does not go into the church because Ben does not feel like he's ready to move on. 
in that moment with Ben ripping off his mask, I realize I'm getting away from the Richard aspect of it and I'm jumping to Ben, but Ben taking that mask off as fast as he does, there's a part of me that wants to believe there's so much guilt in him for what he just did that he removes that mask off so fast because he feels if he's not, if, if this is like, if, if this gas has not dissipated yet and he's going to die, he's just going to get it over with. Like he Mm. doesn't, he's not going to suffer. He, he, at that point, there's a part of him that feels he probably deserves to die if he's going to die. See, and I could counter with what you're saying by saying that Richard is very uh, methodical and measured in what he does. And that comes from his years of wisdom and, and uh, his experience on the island. Whereas Ben is very reactionary and, you know, he's at times very reckless. Uh, and that quickness could be the demonstration of the two different character po- uh, dynamics. But maybe you're right. I don't know. I mean, I just, it was interesting to me that nobody else took their mask off, even in the background, until Richard had completely taken off his mask. Well, I think, and, and even playing devil's ad- advocate to my own point, it could also be along the lines of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben knows that Richard allowed himself to trust Ben to do all this. Maybe this is this was his way of showing his loyalty to Richard. Oh, maybe like, you just took your mask off. Here goes mine. Like without question, here's my mask off. But it's I, so funny I, because I trust the, you. Yeah, and, and the tables have really turned in the present time with Locke because. Richard looks almost scared of Ben. I think he is. I don't think he just looks scared. I think he is scared. Like he's come a long way from the little boy in the jungle that Richard found. Um, Richard, on the same token, has come a long way from the pirate man in the jungle that Ben found. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The the sophisticated Tarzan that we see walking out of the jungle. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know, like in that regard, too, let's let's you know, jumping a little bit to that, I think Ben is scared. And I think not only, I think a lot of people in this modern day post-purge Dharma have been living in fear of Ben. They've been following him out of fear. So when we see John just go after Mikel and Ben like say like, is anybody going to stop this? And nobody does anything about it. They see a new leader. And they saw that the moment that John showed up at camp with his father's body. Right. Which shocks or shocks Ben, which, you know, and then, I mean, then we go to the big moment, right? Um, So, you know, the Locke and Ben dynamic is very, very interesting here because Locke is just all out of patience for Ben's lies. Um, even when Ben is trying to tell the truth, he's still lying. I mean, like everything with Ben is half truths, right? Everything is the truth, but it's also a lie. Mm -hmm. And John is just done trying to piece it together. He's done, you know, taking whatever Ben has to say as anything other than boo hockey. Um, I love that word. (laughs) a friend's reference for those of you who don't know Uh um and uh 
And it's just so interesting because it's all these villagers that are watching it happen. And it's almost like the same dynamic as Jack and Locke on the beach. You know, everybody's just watching Jack and Locke, but heads. Well, here we have Ben and Locke and they're it's the same thing. And everybody's just kind of watching it, you know? Um, so I love that John just kind of says, okay, well, you know, oh, you have to deal with the Macau problem? Fine. Hey, yep. that's dealt with. Let's go. You yep. know, that's wonderful. Um, Richard looks very, very nervous when they walk away. And we know that Richard is eventually going to lead Locke to Jacob. So is it because Richard knows something that Ben and Locke don't? Is it Richard that holds the power, but lets Ben think that he holds the power? And I think that's the one. I think Richard knows who Jacob is. Mm -hmm. Jacob does exist, and Richard knows it. But Richard has been playing a game with Ben for so long to make him think what he knows, what Ben thinks he knows about Jacob, that now that Locke is calling him out on it and he wants to go meet him, Ben's afraid... or. Richard at this point is afraid that Ben's going to realize Richard has been lying to him this entire time. And I think that's why Richard looks so afraid is because he's about to be called out on his own lies. But I also think that's one of the reasons why Richard, when, 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 when Richard is standing there, when Ben looks for help to get people to get, John to stop beating on Michael, mm -hmm. nobody steps up to help him because Richard kind of sees an out. He's like, okay, I've built this man up to be what he's become. This guy's going to knock him down a couple pegs looking at John. But then now John wants to meet Jacob and it's another, oh shit, I might be in deeper than I thought. Do you think that anybody thought that Ben was going to shoot Locke and leave him for dead? No. I, I mean, don't, I don't think that at quite, all. That's quite the audible. <laughs> I, well, and I think that's part of why Ben did it. I think Ben saw the reactions of everybody at camp, realized that they saw John as somebody who might be more powerful. Because let's not forget, Ben doing everything that he did in getting John to kill his father was a power move. It was a power move on John to show that he held more power over John than John did over Ben. But when, but when John called his bluff, found the loophole, and killed his father, Ben lost that power. And he saw it in the faces of everybody in the camp when, ben, when John showed up. It's interesting that both Ben and Locke couldn't join the club until they killed their dads. Well, I mean, again, it goes right along with what I've said episodes ago, is that this is an, ep this is an island of daddy issues. <laughs> and it continued on this episode when we see the connection between Ben and Roger. Yeah. He mm -hmm. killed his own father. This is an island full of daddy issues. Yeah, you know what you saying that made me think of um of uh Peter Chang who's in this video uh who's who's in this episode as, you know, the welcome wagon video. Mm -hmm. And uh and I was cuz it said Peter Chang and I said, "I remember him being Dr. whatever, you oh, know." He and so, I think he goes right. by like four different names. Well, I went over, over the course. I went over to his character page when I was, you know, doing some reading before we 
we recorded and I'm like, oh yeah, he has like a million different names. Yeah. And I'm looking at him like, oh yeah, Miles is his son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I just got really excited for Miles to show up. Yep. Which we're going to get, I think. Who has major daddy issues as well, which is my line of thinking. So. Yes. <laughs> the island full of daddy issues between <laughs> between Michael and Walt, between, you know, Jin and his dad, son and her dad, Jack and Christian. Like, it's, uh, God, it is an, I, every one of these characters has some kind of father issue, mm-hmm. has some kind of daddy issue. That's so funny because uh, you know, it's usually mommy issues. Yeah. Every every single one of them has some kind of daddy issue at this point. The island of daddy issues. It's <laughs> so I- funny. It's the island of daddy issues. Um, so let's talk about the the cabin. Cause Ooh. I because that was such a such a great scene because I think that Ben did not expect Jacob to make himself known to Locke. Mm-hmm. Um and it question. I question whether Ben really did see Jacob. Well, I mean, as viewers, there was someone in that chair because we see a very quick glimpse of somebody in that chair. Yeah, he was the prop master. Yeah. <laughs> at, well, no. at that point, we, no, I'm, I know because they, uh, hadn't okay. cast, they hadn't cast Jacob yet. Right. Because Jacob doesn't get cast for another two seasons. Yeah. So, Who yeah. was very perfectly cast, by the way. But He was. And you know what's so funny, too? I can't remember the actor's name, but I just saw him. He's also in National Treasure. Oh, he's in so much. Oh, he's, he's, so he's much. like the devil in Supernatural. But like, like every time he shows up, I'm like, hey, Jacob's here. <laughs> and, and now I have to look up the actor's name because I know. It's Jacob. His name is Jacob. Um, uh, Mark Pellegrino. That's it. Um, yeah, he's been in a he looks ton like a Jacob of stuff, but like I just noticed him. I watched National Treasure again the other night. He's one of the FBI agents chasing after Nicolas Cage's character. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's a movie that I literally cannot pass up if I see it. Even if I see it, like if Netflix recommends it to me or something like that, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll do yep. that. <laughs> that, and that's Disney that, Plus to watch the Mandalorian like docuseries, and I ended up watching National Treasure. Th- well, that's how it came up for me the other night. I know we're off topic again, but I was <laughs> I was looking for something to watch Wednesday night, and I was I was like, well, let me just pop on Disney Plus and see what's on Disney Plus. And I got down to National Treasure. I'm like, I don't need to go any further. There you go, pop. I, it's 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 the movie has a weird hold on me. Oh, Dave told me that they're making a third one. Oh yeah. I'm and, so and I'm I, so and, excited. My daughter, who is doing her homework while I'm recording, just like her head just swiveled over to and me. I, like, and what? I already know what it should be called. It should be called National Treasure Chapter 47. Mm. Because that is what they leave you with at the end of two, which is in the Book of Secrets. It's the chapter the president wanted him to look at when he got the book. And I think that's where they're going to go. I hope that's where they're going to go with the next one. Ooh, that so, would be fun. So on this topic real quick too. Now, you know what? I'll save it for after the podcast. I'm yeah, not going to put it on the podcast. I'll save it after. For after. Let's, let's, keep, let's um, keep going with the episode. Sorry about that. There, there's a particular line in National Treasure that, again, I've seen that movie so many more times than I can count. There was one line in that movie that when I heard it this time around, I was like, uh holy shit, that is more relevant than ever right now. 
and it is a line of the Constitution. But we'll, uh, we, you and I will talk about that when we're done recording. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we meet, you know, it, the prop master was the one that sat in the chair because Jacob hadn't yet been cast at this mm-hmm. point uh, in the series. So, but I mean, there's so much that happens. There, This whole scene in the cabin, for starters, before we even get to the cabin, there's a ring of ash around the cabin. Yeah. Which I don't think has any meaning yet. For the life of me, I can't remember what the meaning is. So hopefully that's explored a little bit later. I can't remember what it is. If you, unless you do. Yeah. No, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I couldn't remember if Ben was born on the island or not. I don't remember the Ring of Ash. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the things that we see as they're approaching the cabin is John Locke looks down and he sees that ring of ash or soot or whatever it is yeah. that's surrounding the cabin, um, you know, before Ben pressures him to, to actually go into the cabin. So, um, yeah, but there's, this scene takes a complete turn from the moment we enter the cabin till the time that we leave. Because you're meant to think, you know, the writers do such a good job when they first enter the cabin and you see Ben talking to a chair of yeah. thinking Ben is truly crazy. Like he's, he's all lies. And then shit starts to happen. Yes. And you have simultaneously the thought, Ben's not as crazy as we think he is. And what the shit is happening right now? Because the cabin starts to shake bottles of jute of fluid from the shelves are flying across the cabin. And you're hoping it's not feces or yeah, or urine or something like that. Um, and in a very quick glimpse, we see somebody sitting in the chair. And it's not Ben, and it's not John. It is our first, our first actual sighting of Jacob. Or is it? Because let's not forget, the man in black also exists. Mm-hmm. And he's playing a lot of games at this point. Um. I'm actually more partial to the fact that this point, and again, this is me going off memory and what I remember and what I've already forgotten. I actually don't think this is Jacob at all. I think this is the man in black because if I remember correctly, Jacob is sequestered to that cave. I don't think he can leave because of something that the man in black had done. So let's, Let's roll with that for a second. If it is okay. the man in black, then the ash could be remnants of the smoke monster. Could be. That, that could be the case. And if it is the man in black, that means that Ben has been doing the bidding of the man in black under the guise of thinking that he was doing the bit of Jacob, which Richard might have known the whole time, which is why he was seeing how it played out and maybe was going to actually... And maybe he was reporting to Jacob the whole time so that he had like an in into the man in black. So Richard was a man on the inside. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's play on that a little bit even further then. Which is why he's immortal. Which is one, which is why he's immortal because he's living. Jacob. Are we figuring out the, the, the biggest question that we've had? Possibly. (laughs) Um, 
Jacob is living vicariously through Richard, which is how Richard miraculously survives the way he does. So Richard is merely just a vessel for Jacob. Um, man, the religious undertones in this are ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, taking it a step further, if Ben has been doing the bidding of the man in black, maybe that is why the man in black takes over John Locke's body. Yes, I knew you were about to go there. Because that is the, that is the face that Ben knows. So to take over John was the perfect vessel for him to take over. Interesting. I know we just jumped to like season four and five through this conversation. I don't care though, because that's all really interesting and it stems from this moment. So, well, so I'm, I'm glad you used the words this moment because I discovered something in doing my research of this episode too, that I didn't really know when this episode aired, which was, I just had the date not too long ago. This was 2007. Yeah, May of uh, 2007. May 9th of 2007. Just days before this episode aired was when ABC announced that there would be three more seasons of Lost and they gave the show an end date. So this is probably the very first point of their end game. Yes. Which... which to say for people that have been saying that they had no direction, yep. they're all full of poopy. That's exactly what I was going to say. From the fact of people saying that they didn't know where they were going in season four and in season five, you are absolutely wrong. They knew where they were going because they announced that the show was ending and they knew how many episodes they had left during season three. They knew where they were going with this series. And you're right. This episode was planting the seeds of what was to come through seasons four, five, and six. So, what so a, you, what disco- a, you discovered that too then. And, yeah, and what a great, okay. yeah, what a great introduction to the last half of the series then. Yeah. You know, because this does feel like, I mean, this episode feels like we are headed into a transitional shift of the story, right? I mean, the main, the main story and and while it was a ben story it was a you know a ben centric episode you know there was less of an emphasis on the beach mm-hmm. you know and well and and i'd like to touch on the beach because oh, we have to i just hate jack yeah. so much in the 30 <laughs> seconds that we saw him in this episode okay um but it was just such a okay yeah, that's what's going on over there. But let's talk about the, the you know, now we're getting into the island, you know? Well, and what I also love about this too is that, you know, this episode planting the seeds and then again, two more episodes left of the season planting the seeds for what's going to come from the further three seasons that we're going to get left. I love the fact that as you're watching and you do see that scene on the beach with with Juliet and Ben and, you know, flipping the tape over and everything, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, Flip the tape over. You know, leading. (laughs) You know, leaning into the writers are making you think like, okay, next season we're going to war. It's going to be the Losties versus the others, and that is not what happens at all. No, yes, they take you in a completely different direction that you do not see coming, and it all starts with the last line of the season three finale, which is, "We have to go back." The we have to go podcast. back. 
it's that line that makes you realize, well, it's that scene rather that makes you realize that is not the direction they're going at all. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in or like if I wasn't in before now I'm in because I really want to know where they're going with this. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is that people were expecting them to go one direction. And when they flipped the script and went a completely different one, they didn't like it. I think that's where the show lost people. You know, and toxic fan bases. I mean, there, there is a reason why people say that there is such thing as toxic fan bases. Right. And some, sometimes people just like to hate stuff because they like to hate stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, they immediately hate it no matter what because it's cool to hate it or it's cool to, to you know, be on the fringe of something. But it, it's like, just enjoy it for what it is. Listen, unless it's Game of Thrones, hate the shit out of that, okay? <laughs> just hate it all. I can't even bring myself to rewatch it anymore just because of the last season. Yeah. And, and, and if you haven't seen the show yet, don't bother. Don't bother. And, and what's, what's kind of sad too is that, you know, just like things evolve, toxic fandom has evolved into cancel culture, which really, really sucks. And if you're not aware of cancel culture, it's where people purposely dig deep into actors, social media accounts, Twitter accounts, things like that, to find reasons to get shows canceled or to get actors fired. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. That's, Ew, what, can- that's yeah. what cancel culture is now. And that's what toxic fandom has unfortunately involved, evolved into is cancel culture. I mean, you look at James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy, where a tweet from 10 years in his past came up and it got him fired as director of the third Guardians. Fortunately, he's gotten rehired again. But look, it took one person finding that tweet because they didn't like James Gunn. Like, and that, unfortunately, I hate the fact that toxic fandom exists and that now that's what it's become. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I, you know what? Okay. But I, in my opinion, social media has made our world very yucky. Um, you know, there's yeah. some good parts about social media, like, you know, our friendship. Um, but ugh. yeah, there it's, you go. There, it, it, that's my, that's my, uh, very professional. And, uh, but, I, but I do want to say though, on the opposite end of it though, one of the things that makes me happy in particular about this show is that, yes, there are many people out there who, who will tell you till they're blue in the face. The show was horrible. They went in a completely different direction. They didn't know what they were doing. The show is still extremely popular yeah. and relevant. So Toxic fandom was not something that killed this series. And no, I'm because so it was well that. written. And if you really do pay attention to the show, they landed their plane. Mm-hmm. You know, I really <laughs> like the survivors. Ah, I see what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> Unlike Oceanic 815. They landed their plane. Oh my gosh, that was so <laughs> cheesy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. That was perfect. Ugh, gross. I'm just glad um, I picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Oceanic 815, the writers landed their plane. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about the beach. It's Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that wasn't as good as your. They landed their plane. Um, no, we I only mean, get one, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I mean, yeah. So if we go to the beach, 
there's more of there's more of the whole let's not tell Jack happening at the beach. Um, and a lot of it stems because of their mistrust for Juliet, even though Juliet, like we mentioned last episode, is the one that's probably she's trying to show people she can be trusted. But Jack is the one that's not allowing it. Yeah, Jack is the one. Listen, that guy is such a control freak. He didn't. OK, what did he say? Um yeah, I, I didn't tell you because I hadn't decided what to do about it yet. It's like, who made you king? Who's Nobody. Who said it was your decision? No, I, why wasn't that the next line? You know, Saeed's like, what do you mean yet? I'm like, excuse me, my hand is raised. What yeah. do you mean you decided? Who says you, like, he's been gone. They moved on. Like, they have, they've replaced leadership. They've shifted things around, like, he can't just come back and be like, okay, I'm going to pee all over this campsite. Cause it's mine again. You know, like you can't do that. It's a horrible visual. <laughs> <laughs> mine. Yeah. It's a horrible <laughs> visual. Um, no, but you're right. It's, it, it's like, look, you've been bumped out of power. Yeah. You're, you're now at the bottom of the list again. Yeah. We've moved on. Like, just because you're back doesn't mean you automatically take your role back. And you brought a traitor into the camp, regardless of who she is now or regardless of what her intention was from the beginning. And maybe it changed on her way over. You still brought her in and you didn't let anybody know. Yeah. Like, you're, you're such a dick. I, mean, I, it, I, I it, just it's have such a problem with Jack. <laughs> It would basically be the equivalent of like Harry Potter bringing Voldemort to class at Hogwarts and saying like, oh, no, he's good now. No, 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 no. no. It would be like if he brought Bellatrix Lestrange because Voldemort is Ben. OK. All right. Fair enough. I was just going with it with another. No, I character. see what you're saying. But I'm just like, you know, I. Oh, you're right. Jack gosh. is not Voldemort. He's not that bad. No, 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 no. He's not. No, no, no. I thought we were talking about Juliet. Oh, that's what I meant, Juliet. Yeah, yeah, Juliet's not. Yeah, Juliet's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, well, she's no Bellatrix Lestrange either. No, she's not. Um, she's nowhere close. No, she's actually a good-hearted person. Yeah, and we're gonna find that out. Well, she's we serious black. <laughs> there you go. That's actually a really good example of it. Someone who you think was evil and turns out was just misunderstood. Right. Yeah. And that's actually Juliet. Pretty. Pretty much. There you go. Thank you. You know, I did that on purpose. Because uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, because, you know, again, we find out in this episode, I mean, they've already been hinting at in the last two that, okay, maybe she's not as bad as we think she is from saying, like, saying to Ben under her breath, I hate you, mm -hmm. um, you know, still helping Son with everything going on. Like, and now we're flipping the tape over and revealing to the camp, like, Ben's on his way. We're going to do something about this. I like, hadn't decided what to do about it. It's like he's coming. Not only is he not like he's not he's coming in like a day. You've been sitting on this information. Everybody's living their lives. There's no nothing that says that they're not going to come before that. And and you're you've just decided to take a walk with your new girlfriend in the jungle and talk about what to do about it and leave 40 plus people on the beach to like their own devices. And you think that that builds trust or rapport or anything? Well, I'm, I want to play devil's advocate to this for just for a no. second. No. No, just for a second. <laughs> Do I think Jack should have revealed to the entire camp that Juliet is, you know, is on the level, Ben is on his way and everything? No. 
Are there people on that camp he should have let in on everything? Like Saeed and Sawyer and Kate? Absolutely, he should have told them. Because if you tell an entire camp, all you're going to do is raise a panic. Like, what are we going to do? Like, and, and everything. And then you really, got, you have, this group of people, they've been through hell and back like 800 times at this point. Yes, but let's not forget by the end of this season, this series of 40 some survivors dwindles down to about 10. I know. Where do they go? Because only six of them were rescued. They, they're, they're killed. Oh. Ben, wipe, ben wipes them out. That's right. So even with not telling the camp, it's still a tragedy that happens. So if you tell an entire camp of 40, 30, 40 people, you not only, now do you not only have a mass panic of going on and what to do, you're going to have people going off on their own, doing their own thing because they don't trust Jack. They yeah. don't trust the plans that are going on. And you have now 40 voices all speaking at once on what you should do instead of like five or six. So do I think Jack should have revealed to the entire camp what's going on, what's about to happen? No. Do I think he should have told other people and brought other people into the loop? Absolutely. Yeah. Saeed being one of them, Sawyer being one of them, um, you know, Kate, you know, do Hurley and Charlie need to be on in it? Maybe not. But like, again, there are other people that should have brought, been brought into the loop. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree with that. I, I just, ugh. I, I, I just hate the fact that Jack thinks that he gets to go back to whatever, whatever the deal was before, before they came, before he left, yeah, you know, like it, you, you don't get to just run things now, buddy, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't, everything doesn't just go back to the way it was. You, you have to adapt to what has changed while you were gone. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you know, just as his arrogance where he's like, I guess we have a lot of catching up to do. It's like, fuck you, man, seriously. Yeah. Like, what is your problem? I just, I can't get over the arrogance with him. I, no. I try. I really try. At this point, he should be an outsider just like Juliet. Because he kind of was. He left the group, maybe not on his own accord, but, you know, he, he left the group for a while. Well, he also didn't plan to come back. He wanted to go home. Right, he exactly. He, was and he wasn't even going to say goodbye to anybody. He wasn't going to tell them, you know, hey, I found a way to go home and I plan to come back and get you when we all know that was horseshit. But now well, he I comes back and he's like, hey, everybody, I love you. Here I am, your savior. I don't necessarily believe it was horseshit. I, I think in regards to the fact that that plan would have never worked because of the island itself. Yes, it wouldn't have happened. I think Jack had every intention of getting home and getting the group rescued. I don't. You don't? No, I think that he was only just thinking about himself. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're on a difference of opinion on that. I think he had every intention on getting people back to that island and, and getting people rescued. But we know, you know, from viewers of the show, we know that that's not as easy it's it's not easily done. Well, no, the island is invisible. <laughs> well, I mean, and look at the shit that some of the group goes through from the freighter next season. You're right, right, you know, right. Just just leaving a freighter and driving in a boat to the island. 
Or how about just trying to get back to the island and what they had to go through to do that? Yeah. It's 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 not it's not as easy as just getting coordinates and sending a boat. Right. Because that's what Charles Whitmore did and it ain't even that easy for him as right. we're going to find out into next season. Right. So yeah, so I mean it's there's there's a lot I don't even know if there's a lot that happens on the beach. It's just more of now we kind of know where Juliet stands at this point. We we know we know a little bit more. We're a little bit more comfortable with her allegiance. Yeah, okay. I think that's a good way to put it. We don't know it, for it's sure. It's funny yet. because I think in this moment we get better with Juliet and worse with Jack. I agree. I 100% agree. I mean, and, and that's not going off the whole, like, Jack is the worst aspect that we've taken with this series. Like, we're, we're kind of, we're, we've kind of actually backed down from that a little bit. And now it's, we're going to tell you flat out when Jack legitimately is the worst. And I agree with you in this case. Like, he, yeah. there should have been more people told. This was not a plan for him and Juliet to figure out on their own, especially with the limited time that they had. I mean, and who's, again, we say, like I just I said at the end, this group gets dwindled down to about 10 people by the end of this season because of Ben coming to the camp. And this plan that Jack and Juliet had, had they had more help with this plan, they probably would not have lost as many people. Well, even Jack, I mean, shuts down Juliet in last week's episode where he's like, we need to tell her. We need to tell her. And he's like, no, we don't. Yeah. No, It's no. not time. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, just he, he's such a bad leader. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry because I know that so many people like him. And I really, like, I've been giving him his kudos when, when, when he uh, deserves it. And, you know, he's going to go on a nice little arc and he's going to come back around and we're going to like him again. But this is probably Jack at his worst. Well, I mean, and, and here's part of it too. So getting to the end of season three, we're, we're going to jump a little bit ahead to the end. And we talk about that whole flash forward scene, which is where we see the writers flip the script, flip the script. Squit. Squit. We see Jack is a very, very broken person yeah. at this point. He is filled with guilt for the people that he left behind and everything else. And I think, honestly, this downtick that we're seeing of Jack right now is because the writers were leaning to that point. Mm -hmm. I think we're actually meant to hate Jack at this Good. point. Good. Well, it's working. Because when we see Jack as that incredibly broken person in the flash forwards, it's actually not very far off from where we are right now in the timeline. Because we see the freighter is there. It's the freighter that helps them get off the island to become the Oceanic Six. So we're only maybe looking at a couple months into the future at this point when we see that flash forward. For a couple months to maybe a year. Mm, no, because Aaron was a lot older. Okay, so maybe it's a couple years. Yeah, it is a couple years. Yeah, so, I, I want to say it's like four years. So we're, we're seeing the seeds planted of what's going to become this very broken Jack. And it's not until Jack returns to the island that we get that uptick in Jack. Mm -hmm. And we see Jack become a very more redeeming and good quality person because he himself has become has flipped because whereas when this show first started with the man of science, man of faith aspect with Jack being the man of, um, 
science and Locke being the man of faith, that flips completely by the end of this series. Yeah. So I think Jack honestly needed to take this tumble in order for him to become the Jack that we end up really loving by the end of this series. Yeah. I would agree with that. So it's I, just hard. It's, it's just, it's hard to watch I, right now. I think this dislike we're feeling for Jack right now is completely intentional. Which is fine. I really do. Yeah, which is fine. It's just, it's real intense right now. Like every time he's on the screen, I'm just like, dude, golly, shut your face. Shut yeah. your face. It's it's hard because because of the fact, like I said, like we this is a character that we did initially like, and now the writers are leading us down that path to not. And it's tough to do that. So, you know, but luckily, I mean, there are some other characters who don't ever have to take that tumble. Um, you know, we, we get characters that have, have always been on the uptick when it comes to their arc in redeeming qualities. And I mean, with maybe a couple notches here and there where they drop ever so slightly, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going on the record. I think this, this dislike for Jack is completely intentional. I, I, I'll buy that. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. I'll buy that for a dollar. Um, you're going to run out of pens at this point. Um, <laughs> I'm using pennies now. Yeah. To anybody who hears that background noise, that is Kristen throwing pennies to get her kids' attention. Not at her kids. It's to get her kids' attention because they're making noise in the background. So, um, Where else do we go from here? I don't I, think there's I, anywhere else to I think, go. I think we've covered a good majority of this, of this episode. Yep. I think that we're good. Roger Workman, rest in peace. <laughs> Well, I mean, we do see him again, but it's going to be a little ways before we... Ben Workman. Ben Workman. <laughs> ben Workman, whose coveralls did not have a Dharma logo on them. Who, Ben's? Uh-huh. Oh, I never even picked up on it. So, uh, cool. So, yeah, so that's going to wrap up the discussion on the episode then. Uh, we do have one piece of feedback. Our buddy Steve is on a little vacation, so he didn't get it, get us any feedback this time. And I don't know if we'll get any next episode either because of his vacation. Uh, but our buddy Des did leave us some feedback and in the form of an email. So I'll read that in a second. Um, but, uh, we encourage all of you guys to leave us feedback whenever you get an opportunity, whether it be on the episodes, anything that we talk about, just, you know, let us know, uh, good, bad, and different. Send us, yeah, send us your feedback. And there are multiple ways you can do that. First, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Twitter at lost revisit pod, and we are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a message, you can just record it and send it to our email address. Indeed. Indubitably. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as I said, our buddy Des left us a, uh, a email and I will read this as so. Uh, it says, Hey guys, writing in about the writing in about the man behind the curtain. I'll try to keep it quick because I know Ben had a lot to say about this episode, which we both did. Uh, this episode has some of the best flashbacks in the series starring, uh, starting with Carrie Preston giving birth to her own husband, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had always thought Horace and his wife, Emma had found them on the road, but it was actually Olivia with Horace. Uh, so I guess they were already in the dorm, uh, dorm initiative at that point. Uh, 
it's like she, his autocorrect is really playing games. Uh, Dharma <laughs> at that point. Uh, also in the flashback, after Horace gets Roger a job and he's actually nice to his kid, Roger flips out on him and tells him he wants another $30,000. First of all, how much are they paying for janitors in 1973? <laughs> because I want that job. Second, did they give it to him because he stayed on the island? That's a good question. Uh, one thing third about- of all, why did he need all that money if they just live on the island? That's true. Everything's practically covered for you. Uh, one thing about the purge that I've been wrong about is that they killed everyone in the Dharma Initiative. Uh, in the present, Ben tells John that he was one of the people smart enough not to end up in this ditch. So Ben had collaborators in the Dharma Initiative. Uh, in the present, I love the looks on the other's faces when John came back with his dad's body over his shoulders. None of them thought he had the balls to do it, and they were right. And I think they had confidence in John. I'm pretty sure it was just Ben that didn't think he would do it. Uh, now the scene in the cabin. I love how John isn't sure if Ben is lying or just going crazy, but the look on John's face when the shit hits the fan is priceless. And I love the way John pretends that he didn't piss his pants and come running out of that cabin. (laughs) (laughs) Jack actually probably says the most intelligent thing I've ever heard on Lost. I think we've got some catching up to do. Do you think so? Uh, do you think so, Jack? You guys could save yourself a lot of trouble if you just talk to each other once in a while. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Love you guys. Hope everyone stays safe. Talk to you later. I Thanks, love them. Hi, Des. Miss so, you, buddy. Um, I again. I I think, I think. Ben was really the only one that didn't have the confidence in John. Um, I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? That good, huh? I, yeah. You know, <laughs> I think that he thought Locke was exactly who we know Locke to be, that Locke wasn't mentally strong enough to kill his father. And <clears throat> without Richard... Without Richard's intervention, that would have been true. Richard gave Locke the out on how to get this task accomplished. Without that happening, Locke wouldn't have known how to do it, and he wouldn't have been able to do it. So Ben was right in his um, assessment of Locke. He was just wrong in the fact that there wasn't another way. Yeah. I How's mean, that? I, 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 I had to figure out how to say that. <laughs> no, that works. And I think also, I think that kind of plays along even further with the, with the theory that we came up with earlier of Richard being the inside man for, for, for Jacob. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, he kind of had to nudge progress along. Mm-hmm. Because without that nudge, John wouldn't have done what he had done. And yeah. Ben would still be in power. He, he needed that nudge in order to take Ben town to peg by giving John the ability to do what he did. Yeah, which means that he was just using John as an ultimate pawn in Jacob's um, chess game with the man in black. Yeah. Which, which is sad, which is tragic. Which is sad, but also, again, kind of drives the point further of why Richard is so surprised to see John alive on the island later where it's really the man in black who has taken his form. It's kind of a plan that kind of backfired on, on Richard and Jacob. And in the long run gets Jacob killed. 
because it's the man in black that does it mm-hmm. in the form of John Locke. And if you've never seen the show before, you are so confused at this point just by the things that we've been saying. Well, you know, it, it starts to get really complicated. <laughs> it, yes. Like really complicated. <laughs> and I, I'm, I love complicated. I love complicated. So it, this it's, is like it's my jam. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's intelligent. At the same time, I'm really bad at puzzles, like actual puzzles. I'm good at mental puzzles, but I can't put a puzzle together to save my life. (laughs) Uh, So next episode is the penultimate of the season. It is uh, Greatest Hits, and Mm. it it is a Charlie flashback, and it is the final Charlie flashback. But it's not the last time we see Charlie. Not the last time we see Charlie. Actually, we see Charlie several times after this. So that's okay. Well, this isn't his final episode. No. Um, No, what I'm saying is after this season, we still see him several times. Oh, yeah, after the season. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we do. But I don't think we see him again until season six. I don't think he's in four and five. Uh, I know that. Well. (laughs) Yes, he is. Yes, he is because Hurley sees him. Yeah, Hurley sees him. Real bad. Yes. <laughs> uh, when Hurley becomes one of the Oceanic Six, Hurley sees Charlie yeah. when he's off the island. He commits himself. Yes, he does because of Charlie. <laughs> Going back to so. my bathrobe days. <laughs> this is this is the final flashback of Charlie Pace, which, oh God, I hate this. I hate that moment of season three. I really do. I, it's going to be tough to talk about, but we're going to It's do so anyway. funny because it is going to be hard, but we've been on a ma- massive Lord of the Rings kick in my house lately, so I've seen a lot of Dominic, <laughs> Dominic Monaghan lately. <laughs> yeah. Dominic's great. I mean, he's a fantastic actor, and he's just... So high energy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen his Nat Geo show. I think it's called, it was called Unleashed. No. Um, where he goes to uh, different countries and um, and just checks out the wildlife of the uh, of it. I'm trying to look for the name of it now. Actually, uh, I'll find it on uh, Disney Plus. I don't know if it was on Disney Plus. Uh, you know what? I don't think it was on Nat Geo. I think it was BBC. Ah. Uh. Um. Let me see. What was the name? Of that, damn it! Oh, you know, it would be he would be himself, not under his. Ah, he, they got him listed as reunited apart for the one Zoom to rule them all. Um, that was so good too. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. I wanted that to be longer. Uh, wild, oh, wild things with Dominic Monaghan. That's what. It's wild called. thing. And yeah, it was a BBC America show. So, but he went to different countries, like following the wildlife and everything, because he's a huge wildlife enthusiast. Well, living in New Zealand as long as he did. Yeah. So he goes to like Nambia and Ecuador and Venezuela. Like he goes to all these places. It's really cool. And I think it only, I think it only ran for three. If I could find a job that would let me travel the world as my job, I oh gosh, I would be, I would just do it. I don't even care what it is. Oh, you need me to hold your suitcase the whole time? Fine. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will go get you coffee from that Starbucks up the road here in Paris. Like, yeah, no worries. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm on it. I will happily do it. Um, 
So you know what? On that note, uh, again, uh, Greatest Hits is the, the episode we're going to talk about next episode of the podcast. Let's throw out some recommendations because I actually have a couple this week. Let's hear it. Um, both of mine are actually on Netflix. Um, the first is one I happened to stumble across this show by pure accident, didn't know it existed, and ended up watching the entire series in one run. Ten episodes. Um, it is a game show on Netflix. The floor is lava. The floor is lava. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? Only the trailer. I honestly think this is something you will enjoy watching with the kids. Oh, Dave keeps trying to get us to watch it, and I'm like, let's watch Ozark. Let's watch something dark. <laughs> but you need. But this is again. This is something you can watch with the kids. Like you can yeah. watch as a family together. I, I mean, it's it's a game everybody played as a kid, but now it's made into real life. And it's I heard that the tables are foam. Every single time that and, they well, land, they're like, "Don't worry, everybody. They're not falling on concrete." It, well, it ha it has to be. It's like Wipeout. Everything's softened and padded and foam and things like that. It still but, looks like it hurts like a. Oh, bitch. you can tell some of those hits still hurt <laughs> i mean and you and when you watch the episode you know full well like it looks deep because when they fall in like they disappear but you, <laughs> but you know it's really probably only like three feet but the producers tell them if you go in sell it like go under because you see people like you, podcast listeners won't see this, but you'll see people with like their arms like slowly going under <laughs> like it, so whoever's on this show, like if they fall in, they totally sell it too. Oh, you, would, awesome. you would swear it's like eight to 10 feet deep and you know it's not. It can't be. It's it can't be. That's a liability nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Because what happens if you can't swim? Like it's. You know, it's it's ridiculous, but it's the show is so much fun. Oh, that's fun! I highly recommend it. It's ten episodes; they're only a half hour. You can knock it out in a day, which I do. Who whose show is that? Um, is it Kristen Bell? No. Producer wise, you mean? Who's hosting it? Oh, um, it's some, I, it's some guy I've never heard of before. Okay, I feel like somebody is attached to it who's like super famous and adorable and my super famous and adorable go-to apparently is Kristen Bell. <laughs> um, there's a possibility. I'm looking at it now. I don't see any Rutledge Wood is the guy that hosts it. Um, but I don't see any other names attached to it. Okay. So yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the other recommendation I had is one I haven't even seen myself yet, but uh, because this is a lost podcast, I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Jorge Garcia has a new movie on Netflix uh, called Nobody Knows I'm Here. And it's dubbed in English because the entire movie is done in Spanish. Cool. So, um, cause he's posted about it on Instagram and on Twitter. And he says, if you speak Spanish, watch it Spanish, watch it in Spanish. Um, because it's, it's more impactful if you do. Is it but subtitled? It, no, it's dubbed. It's oh. dubbed in, it's dubbed in English. I would and, want it to be subtitled. And I would too, because I would prefer it that way. Because apparently from what I saw in the trailer, Jorge's character doesn't say much. He has maybe maybe 90 lines of dialogue the entire movie. And I don't think the English dub is him. I think it's somebody dubbing over him. Ugh. Which, if he did his own dubbing, it would make it a little easier. 
But it, because it's not, I would much rather it be subtitled. Just like you. So. I prefer subtitles. Parasite, Parasite's one of those movies that a lot of people were like turned off to it because they're like, I don't know, it's Korean. I can't watch it. I can't read it. And I'm like, dude, I was looking down at the subtitles at one point. Did you see that movie? I haven't seen Parasite yet. Oh, gosh, is it so good. There's so much of that movie that you don't even need Paras- uh, Parasite. You don't even need the subtitles for like there's so much. Oh gosh, what a great movie! Go watch it this weekend. It's so good. Um, the short synop, the short um, review, the reviews on Nobody Knows I'm Here, which is Jorge Garcia's movie, are really, really good right now. Um, and basically, like the, one of them just says, Jorge Garcia's lovely central turn and some sinister atmospherics give depth to a superbly shot drama about a recluse with a secret talent. Mm. so I, I i do intend to watch it just because i love jorge garcia too yeah so uh what about you any recommendations this week mm. any recommendations i finished the maze runner series that was really good and that i like reading wise i haven't watched the movies um mm-hmm. and i just ordered a whole stack of books and they're all nonfiction, and i'm really excited to dig into them um so playing Animal Crossing, that's real good. <laughs> um, and we are finishing out the Hobbit trilogy this weekend with the kids. Nice. Yep. We're going to watch the uh, Battle of the Four something or other. I don't know what it's called, but. Oh, Sma- a Battle of the Four Armies. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, just watched, we just watched Desolation of Smaug. Sure. Um, which was fantastic. Um, it was a lot better actually than the first Hobbit movie. Um, a I, lot better. What I really like about those movies is the uh, it, the Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch uh, together. Martin Freeman doing anything is wonderful, but yeah, Sherlock and Watson together as Dragon and Hobbit. And I mean, and the sad part is that that's one of the reasons why Sherlock never continued was because they moved on with their, their kind of careers, but at least they did it together. Well, what's funny is that, and they're both in Marvel. They're both in Marvel. Yep, exactly. Those two are great. Yep. But um, yeah, my ha- apparently, because I haven't read The Hobbit, um, apparently, you know, these three Hobbit movies have a lot of extra material. Oh, the they're book. padded. They're padded. Right. And, um, and Dave was like, you know, I can see why they had to fill in a lot of this because, you know, it, there's a lot more story that's happening around Martin, around, um, Bilbo that probably needs to be filled in. And it's okay that it's filled in because it's not a bad story that Peter Jackson creates. So, um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know the the gist of, of The Hobbit. I plan to read it at some point. It's in my <laughs> bookshelf. Um, but I'm excited for the third one. And then at that point, we will have seen all of the, all of the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson movies. Nice. Um, have, you, have you seen Sherlock? Before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. I think that he is, I'll watch anything that he does. I'll, I'll, you know, watch him read the back of a box of cereal. So, because he'll do it brilliantly. So, do you remember when the ice bucket challenge was a thing? Yeah. 
if you get a chance, I might even show it to you when we're done recording. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch's Ice Bucket Challenge it's was wonderful. hysterical. Oh, I can't wait. It's hysterical. Because um, he, he does it so well. Um, yeah, so that's it for recommendations then for the week. Uh, again, be sure to leave us feedback uh, if you would like to on anything pertaining to the podcast or even not. Uh, and, you know, we gave you the ways that you can do that. Next week, Greatest Hits, Charlie Pace Flashback, penultimate of the season. Uh, but I think that just about wraps it up for the episode. Unless yes. you have any uh, no additions. Uh, register <laughs> to vote, please. And again, stick to my PSA. Wear your fucking mask. That's, and register to vote. And register to vote because. But just yeah. register to vote. Just don't don't question me on it. Don't you know? Give me the I'm not going to vote spiel. Just register to vote, okay? And, Be, and just do it. And don't question me on the wearing the masks. Yeah. Just do it. Just, just do it. Just do it. Ah, uh, cool. So, with that being said, thank you as always for listening and being a part of this family, this podcasting family. Uh, check out and of some of the other podcasts on the Next Level Network as well. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. Started now. Started now. Start me up. Never stop. Never stop. Do you know who sings that? Yeah, the Rolling Stones. Okay, just making sure you knew it wasn't you. Uh, I'm amazing <laughs> at singing, so I don't want to hear it from you. That was the one time I actually was mean. Yeah, since this is recording, if you put this in, let me just tell the world here that that is not the one and only time he's been made. I am not putting this in the podcast. Yeah, because now I called you out for it. <laughs> <laughs>